What's up, Fight Fans? You're listening to the sixth installment of the This Segment Rules portion of the DLSS podcast. This one, I want to go back uh, to last weekend's fights, and I want to talk about the Sam Alvey versus Wellington Terman fight. This is just one of many fights that I could use as an example of how that if you look at the way that the rules are written and the unified rules of mixed martial arts, that the referees and, and also judges, because they're instructed by referees in terms of how to handle uh, infractions of the rules, but uh, this is one of many fights that serve as a great example of how they're not following the rules as they're written and they're not enforcing them as expected to, at least how they're described in the actual rules. Now, there is this gray area because of the fact that referees are given discretion and just like with the judging and the scoring criteria, there is going to be a little bit of a human factor there in terms of interpreting these rules as they've been explained. And because of that discretion, that's really where the concept of warnings even come from because the referee has the discretion to enforce the rule and, and take a point or to, you know determine intentionality, whether it was intentionally illegal or incidental, things like this. That gray area is what essentially gives the referee the ability to interpret the situation and, you know, take it on as he sees fit based on the rules. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to go down the list and give examples of a few of the rules, how it played out in the Sam Alvey fight, and explain how I'm not even arguing that Sam should have won this fight, but with the way that everything is set up and the scoring and the rules and everything, the fact that his opponent, Wellington Terman, had two points deducted due to eye pokes, that at the very least this fight should have been scored a draw. So that's what the main crux is of today's episode. So here we go. No further ado. This is episode six of this segment rules. As a general rule, I don't pay attention. Over the line! Is this rule now? New rule. They haven't played by the rules. That's fucking illegal. This is a foul. Is the whole world gone crazy? It's unbelievable. It's time that they're going to stop. This is not NOM. There are rules. I've had it up to here with you. Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? This segment All right, let's get into it. So, Sam Alvey versus Wellington Terman. Let me first go through the three judges' scorecards and explain how you can even get to these outcomes with two points being taken in the third round. So, uh, on judges' scorecard, I can't believe I'm saying this, Adelaide Birds, who's normally notorious for terrible scorecards, I think she actually is the only one that got this one right. But again, this episode is not to argue for Sam Alvey winning the fight. But she basically had Sam Alvey losing the first two rounds and then the third round where Wellington Terman had the two points deducted. She had Sam Alvey winning that round. So first two rounds, nine apiece. There's 18 points plus the 10 for round three that Sam Alvey won on her card. And then, of course, if he won that round, Wellington Terman would be starting off with nine points. Subtract the two that he was deducted for the fouls. That brings him to seven points. So the totals would be 29, I'm sorry, 28 to 27 with Sam Alvey, Sam Alvey winning. That's on Judge Adelaide's bird scorecard. The other two judges basically just had Wellington Terman winning all three rounds, including the third when he got the two points taken from him. So if you only get nine points on Sam Alvey's side for all three rounds, it's going to end up with a total of 27 points. And if you were supposed to win all three rounds on Terman's side, a total of 30 points, but then you subtract the two from round three, that ends you up with 28. So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong as far as the scoring, as far as the judges actually not. You know, they definitely subtracted the two points that, that he was deducted in round three, so there's nothing going on there. But I just want to kind of talk about the greater circumstances surrounding the fact that if you can, you know, get eye pokes so many times in a fight 
that it's going to really change your ability to fight that fight effectively. So that's all due to that gray area and the interpretation of the rules by the ref. And I'm not even you know trying to throw Herb Dean under the bus here. I don't necessarily think that he did a bad job. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Chris Tayoni under the bus here. And I don't think he necessarily did a bad job. I think he did a very good job enforcing the second rule being taken. I'm sorry, second point being taken when the you know the rule break happened again in the same round. So uh, nobody really did anything wrong here. But like I said, the system and the the way it's set up, even though the rules are very clear in black and white. The fact that there's discretion in terms of how they're enforced sets up an environment where it incentivizes people to, to cheat because if they know they're going to get a warning for pretty much every type of rule that they could break in a fight, then you know they have essentially three different opportunities, at least primary ones that happen often, to get away with something, putting their opponent at a detriment or disadvantage, and then you know essentially cheating within the rule set, meaning... If they get an eye poke, they'll get a warning. If they get a groin shot, they'll get a warning. If they get a cage grab, they'll get a warning. Now, I'll say before I go off on this whole rant that there has been some improvements in terms of the judge, I'm sorry, in terms of the referee's discretion in this regard, meaning they're taking into consideration, they're instructed to take into consideration how much the foul, if the fight's going to continue, could have, you know, put the opponent who was fouled at a deficit in a, in a detrimental, basically how significant was the foul? And again, there's human beings involved and they're all going to see things a little bit differently, but I have seen an improvement in terms of the referees trying to consider the impact of the foul in terms of determining, even if it was unintentional, should I take a point and things like that? So it's an evolution and, and, and I, I'm not going to act like I haven't seen some improvements, but still, the system in and of itself is set up in a way that's going to incentivize people to go out there and at least get their one warning because if there's no if there's no um, punishment, if there's no penalty for doing that, but then you're sitting putting yourself at an advantage to your opponent, it's just the way that we're – I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, unfortunately. That's set up by the circumstances at play here. But I just wanted to start off by saying that the judges didn't do anything wrong. They definitely removed the two points that were asked to be deducted. The referee did a good job at enforcing the rules towards the end there and, and actually starting to take points, and he took two in one round. But if you actually go back and watch the fight, Sam Alvey was poked in the eye at least six times. So obviously not six points, but six times. So it takes a couple times and, you know, some, some egregious fouls and some, you know, basically almost stopping the fight or, or Tyone, or in this case, Tyone or the ref, and to, you know, basically saying that this was a significant had a significant impact on the potential outcome of the fight so i need to start taking points here so that you know i'm not saying that black and white you make an eye poke it's a point like sometimes these things happen but if the ufc is not going to do what they need to do at least in the short term to um, improve upon the gloves then this especially eye pokes is going to continue to happen and it, you know mike bisbing is one great example and a lot of other people have long-lasting eye injuries because of this stuff so it's just it's an ongoing problem and it, it seeps itself it shows it rears its ugly head in a lot of different places including here even when everyone seemingly did their job and did their job effectively sam alvey still ends up losing this fight where if if it were me if i were judging this fight i would say at the very least he should have earned himself a draw now one of the things that makes it difficult when he's received six eye pokes and only, you know, had the points deducted for two, essentially, he is not in a position in this fight to feel comfortable going forward and trying to execute his counters or his attacks 
when he feels like he's just at risk of getting his eye scraped every single time, and it's putting him at a more and more disadvantage. The the points aren't being taken. This is obviously before the points started being taken, and um, so it really it just affects his mentality and his is is his um, eagerness or his willingness to engage. So that's going to obviously give you something completely different to think about. Throw your game plan out the window. Throw you know it's just really going to be on your mind, and so that's going to take away from your ability to execute your game plan in order to do what you're supposed to do in order to do what you think and what you want to do in order to be effective in the fight. So I think that this fight should have been scored a draw. I think that the round that um, Sam Alvey, or I'm sorry, that Wellington Terman had the points deducted in, that it should have, that that round should have gone to Sam Alvey because it was it, a lot of the effective striking in those small spurts in between the eye poke stoppages. I felt like Sam was doing the more effective work, and he had to deal with the fact that he'd been poked in the eye six times up to that point. So one of the things I'm going to do now is I'm just actually going to read the rules as they're listed on the Unified Rules of Mixed Martial Arts in black and white and give three different examples of how the Wellington Tournament could have, in fact, had more points taken if the rules were being enforced more more strictly. So... I'm going to start with the first one. There's literally a list on the Unified Rules of, I think it's 27 different specific rules that you you know they're trying to foresee that people might break. So obviously the, this extends farther beyond this, but this 27 specifically uh, specified rules uh, of the 27, it's literally number two that says eye gouging of any kind. Eye gouging by any means, by fingers, chin, Elbow or any other bodily part is illegal. Legal strikes or punches that contact the fighter's eye socket, so a closed fist, are not eye gouging and shall not be considered illegal attacks. So that's literally number two on the list of 27. So it's pretty damn significant being all the way up there. And then if you scroll down, number nine. So this one's actually very important, and it was an updated rule. So this is one of those ones that the refs obviously have discretion in. But this is the fingers being outstretched towards a, an opponent's face or eyes in the standing position. So when they're on the feet and the gloves contribute to this because they almost open your hands, they almost keep you having your hands open. But a fighter that is back to the rules now, a fighter that moves their arms towards their opponent with an open hand, fingers pointed at the opponent's face or eyes, that will be a foul. So literally just having your fingers outstretched and pointed towards your opponent You've seen referees, uh, you know, warn people like fingers, fingers up or closed fists. Like they've warned them several times. This is that discretionary piece. But back to the rules. Referees are to prevent this dangerous behavior by communicating clearly to fighters. Fighters are directed to close their fists or point their fingers straight up in the air when reaching towards their opponent. So this even describes their ability to warn them in the rules. But that's the kind of the point. It's like, you know, if you're trying to, if you're charged with you know, for try to prevent this dangerous behavior by communicating clearly to the fighters, then a warning, you know, it means shit if after the warning, a fighter is then poked in the eye. So if you're not enforcing this as an actual rule infraction and taking away points for people that, um, you know, outstretch their fingers, even if the eye poke doesn't occur after being warned several times, then you're not effectively enforcing this rule. So that's going to move me on to the following rule that I think uh, is at play here. And that is, let's see, where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Rule number 22, flagrant disregard of the referee's instructions. A fighter must follow the instructions of the referee at all times. Any deviation or noncompliance may result in points being deducted 
from the fighter scorecard or the fighter being disqualified from the match. So this is like a it's like this is like a tree. It fits on top of each other. There's different layers. So in the last one, even just uh, having your fingers outstretched and the referee is supposed to communicate to you that you're not supposed to do that, so they're allowed to warn you. But then if they're warning you and you have a flagrant disregard by continuing to do it, that's another rule. So both of those are rules that you're breaking, essentially. The fact that your fingers are outstretched after a warning and then the fact that you're disregarding the referee's instructions. And then if an eye poke itself happens, then that's another rule that you're breaking. So in fact, if you've been warned at least once for outstretching your fingers and then a eye poke occurs, technically that's three points. That's three rules that you're breaking all in one there. So I'm not trying to like belabor the point here. I'm, not, I'm just trying to explain that if the rules were followed the way that they were explicitly written down in the rule book, then, you know, there'd be points being taken all over the place. And a lot of these behaviors would probably stop pretty quickly. I'm not saying it's the, you know, perfect remedy. And I'm not even saying that we should institute it like black and white like that. I feel like there should be some discretion involved on the, on the hand of the referee. But due to that discretion, due to that gray area, just like I've talked about with regards to judging in the scoring criteria, there's always going to be a catalyst for human error. And so that's why over time, a process to continue to educate and improve these performances of the referees in this case is going to is necessary as long as you're going to have human beings, you know, in these positions. And I don't advocate for robots because, again, they're probably going to just execute the rules as they're written in black and white. And that's not necessarily the most effective way to do it because you're not trying to affect the overall fight sequence in the way that the fight's supposed to play out. There's a natural sequence that the fight should play out in if these, if, you know, um, illegal strikes weren't taking place, you wouldn't be um, disrupting the flow of the fight. So as much, so as little as you can do to interject yourself as a referee and to, to disrupt the flow is what they're most of the time, you know, any good referee is aiming towards. They're not trying to interject themselves or affect the fight in any way. But unfortunately, because of that, that I feel like the, the pendulum swings a little bit too far in the other direction and that's a lot of referees don't engage, don't engage don't interrupt, don't you know, enforce the rules as they see fit because they feel like they're interjecting themselves and causing too much of a effect on the fight. But that's just, you know, this is an ongoing thing. This is something that they're going to have to continue to improve on. But if you ask me, in a fight where Sam Alvey was poked, I went back and watched it, as I said, at least six times. Had the referee warned him several times, and he still was able to execute two more eye pokes after... Uh, being you know hard warning so after four eye pokes hard warning two more eye pokes both of them did significant damage in terms of affecting sam's ability and mentality willingness to want to come forward for fear of getting scraped in the eye every single time so if you were to ask me and if you were to interpret these rules as you saw fit in that position as a referee then you might have even taken a third point and so that way you could almost rest assured that sam was either going to win the fight or at least uh, get a draw if the those two judges were going to give that third round originally determined in the first place. So um, not sure if all that made sense. I think it did. Uh, that's basically my take on it. Sam Alvey's one hell of a guy. He was even posting on his Instagram after the loss, trying to bring awareness towards military families and other um, you know good deeds and good charities that he's trying to raise awareness for with his platform. He obviously wanted to come off of that with a win. But if you listen to Dana White's uh, statement about Sam Alvey in the post-fight press conference, he basically just says that he's the kind of guy that he, you know, that he likes in the UFC that always wants to be in there, and he's not, you know, on a three-fight losing streak and just coming to get a paycheck. 
And, you know, Dana White, for all his flaws, like, I actually, I'm happy to see that he's trying to take care of a guy. I mean, Sam Alvey's got five kids. And Dana White, obviously, has no control specifically over the way that the judges and the referee execute their job in the ring. So sometimes, just like you might have heard, he was actually, he gave the first Dana White Contender Series contract to a kid that actually lost his fight. So sometimes Dana White can do what he can in order to kind of balance out the situation. And even though I believe that's four losses in a row for Sam Alvey, it doesn't sound like the UFC is cutting him anytime soon. So at least he's still got a job and ability to make income for his family. So you got to be happy with that. But that does it, guys. That's really my thoughts on it. I hope that made sense again. And then please, I always appreciate you guys' feedback in general on the podcast, but obviously specifically about the This Segment Rules episodes. I want to make sure that they're making sense and they're clear and you're actually maybe uh, you know learning a thing or two, something that you may not have known before. That's what this is about. Uh, I love doing them. So please do reach out to me on my Instagram at d.love underscore 84 or Twitter dlove underscore 84. Just throw the period away. But most preferably, if you can go to Apple and iTunes and give me a five-star rating and some and some sort of feedback, you know, good, bad, indifferent, let me know what you think. Give me ideas or suggestions for this segment, rules, or any other type of uh, podcast programming you want to hear. Uh, that would really help me out a lot, and it really you know helps with the algorithm when you guys engage. So if you are a supporter of this show and you really want to help me out, it would be cool if you could run over there and leave me hopefully five stars and some sort of review. Uh, but that's it, guys. Make sure to keep checking back because I'm dropping multiple episodes this week. Episode 103 is already out with my recap for the Paul Woodley boxing match and UFC Vegas 35. And then I'm going to be dropping uh, episode two of the DLSS Pick Show coming up for this weekend's Fight Night card. Derek Brunson taking on Darren Till. So lots of content coming out this week. But that is it for me. I am out of here. Uh, this has been episode six of This Segment Rules. This segment rules.